What's up guys, Connor O'Hanlon here again, and today we're doing episode number two of the Con O Show, and today we're going to be going over a specific uh, topic, and that's going to be stock buybacks. Um, you may have seen me focusing on this if you follow me on Twitter over the last couple of days. Uh, I wrote a new op-ed, which uh, I submitted this morning uh, to the newspaper. I wrote it yesterday, but you know, this is a topic that a lot of people hear about but don't really know anything really about it or how it works. Um, it's quite simple once uh, it's spelled out, but that's why I'm taking the uh, the time today to you know sit down, discuss it, and considering especially that I uh, I have a background in accounting, that can't hurt, right? So um, I think it's important to spell that out. And as I wrote really in my article as well, uh, what really, you know, set me off was, uh, well, first of all, they're, they're talking about bailing out the airline industry right now. Um, now, that's not normally a big problem, but obviously with the coronavirus, uh, there's a lot of industries that are really hurting. And I say it's not a big problem just because most of the time we don't have to worry about bailing out co corporations or entire industries. But right now, we have... Uh, say someone like me has no work right now, uh, millions and millions of other people who either have to, f are going to be unemployed or just their jobs are not functioning the way that they should be right now. So it's really, really hard to justify any sort of bailout that's not going to be directly towards the American people themselves and the working class people. But Alas, uh, that's a different argument to have um, because if you're listening to this, let's be honest, they're probably going to bail out the airline industry and they're probably not even going to bat an eye at that because we really do need an airline industry. We really need uh, functioning airports and transportation, um, but that's... A like functionally that means that the uh, airline industry should be treated as a utility and that again it's a different topic but um, regardless a lot of the parallels I'll be drawing today are going to be pulled from the airline industry requesting a bailout in a time of crisis when the rest of the American people are basically functionally left out to dry especially if the which it, it's not going to pass the way it is, but the way that the Senate writ, wrote the bailout uh, or the stimulus package for the U.S. economy, which includes checks directly to people, but it excludes the, a lot, a lot of people. So <clears throat> that's not going to cut it, if you ask me. But um, yeah, so we're going to dive in and just that is what set me off. Uh, and also... Uh, on Friday, so I'm recording this today, it's Saturday, um, on Friday during Tr Trump's uh, press conference, he said that uh, during the, I believe it was what, 2018 or 2017, 2018 I think, uh, the tax code reform uh, that, that, <laughs> that some people may call the GOP tax scam, uh, well, that he said nobody knew 
that the corporations would use the tax, uh, the decrease in their tax liability to buy back their own stock, which is absolute BS. Um, I was going to say malarkey, <laughs> but uh, so, but it's complete crap. Um, and I can dive into that in a second, but that's, those are the main major reasons as to why I'm like focused and laser focused in on this right now, because it's pissing me off that people act like we don't know what they did and they don't know, or that we are too stupid to realize what they're doing, but we're not, especially when you just, you know, pay attention. Uh, I know a lot of people don't want to pay attention but that's okay and a lot of people can't pay attention uh they have they have other things they have jobs they have whatever they can't focus on this stuff and that's how these people get away with it but that is why i'm here um (laughs) so hopefully i can i can help this and make it a little more digestible and then we can understand this and then hopefully we can make stock buybacks illegal again and that is the that is the main uh topic and idea behind this is that the solution is to make stock buybacks illegal again um so that was is what i'm be arguing so a little history real quick uh after the economic crash in 19 start that started in 1929 uh the great depression the there was a little bit more of a of a regulation and people paying attention to what the uh, you know Wall Street and the people that are trading uh, the stocks and the banks and all those financial institutions they actually started to somewhat regulate them. Um, that's uh, not to say that it was perfect because it definitely wasn't, but there were some sort of restrictions and that is where buying back your stocks were first become illegal. Uh, Before that, buying back your stock or sorry, following that, the reason is that stock price manipulation was the argument that buying back your own stock is arbitrarily inflating the price of your stock. So that is why they made it illegal. And we can dive into that in a second. But we need to continue with the history. So and then in until 1989, or sorry, 1982, when we have President uh, Reagan, who dramatically changed the uh, tax code, as you should look up if you want to see the entire tax code changes. But in 1982, they changed it so that... uh, you can, or not you, but corporations, generally speaking, if you own a publicly traded corporation, you would be included, but the vast majority, and I'd go to say that 100% of the people that are listening to this do not own a publicly traded corporation or not an executive of a publicly traded corporation. You may own a share or a few, but um, you're not the main uh, owner. So once that happened, uh, it was like, in unleashing, uh, it was like pit bulls off their leash, for a lack of a better term. And that's not to knock pit bulls. Pit bulls are great. But, um, you know, it's like just letting a, a wild animal run, right? There's, they're going to run. Um, here's another quick little tidbit about this, too, is um, 
especially as someone that went to business school, uh, one of the major things that you learn is that corporations are set up to make money. In particular, things are supposed to be changing right now, but the entire idea that like while I was in school was a, a publicly traded corporation has a financial duty to their shareholders to make the most amount of money possible for those shareholders. In theory, moving forward, it's they're supposed to take a stakeholder um, way of, of doing business, but I don't know if I buy that, and I don't suggest that you uh, just assume that they're going to do that. Now, you might have like local businesses, of course. I think that those ones are way more likely to because they're the ones that are impacted by the local environment and all that other stuff. But, you know, when you're talking about Amazon, Walmart, these are the corporations that are just not going to do that, um, <laughs> even though they have the money to. So if you take under the assumption that corporations are set up to make as much money for the shareholders as possible, which is literally the definition and reason of having a corporation, uh, then the rest of this will make a lot more sense. And also, not not to jump around too much, but uh, corporations are also given the same rights under the law as people uh, in the United States. And that's the real reason why you have um, C corporations and S corporations and LLCs and all that other stuff. You get the same protections as a corporation as you do a person. So a lot of that is just complete crap and things need to be changed. But as they are right now, you have to go with the assumption that corporations want to make money. That's it. With that being said, corporations are run by people. And certain people are more moral <laughs> and some people are less moral. And you know, morality can be debated, but um, there are certain things like greed that come when you have a lot of power. And if you're the head of one of these companies, you're in the C-suite, you have a lot of power, right? You generally have a lot of money um, that you can argue is, you know, justified. It's not justified. That's a different story. But... When you're in charge of a corporation, you make the final decisions, like going public, selling stock, uh, putting more shares out, I should say, uh, and then ultimately buying shares back. Now, it gets a little funky after 1982. <laughs> Because obviously, they can do that. Um, when we go to today, and we talk about the 2018 tax reform, because in particular, that was a massacre for the middle class, um, you can see that deliberately, it's a giveaway to corporations and the people at the top of those corporations. Now, 
I might be an exception because, again, I went to school to study accounting and I knew the tax rate or rates before and after. So if we go with the assumption that if you're an executive, you're a CEO, you probably are in the top tax rate of income, right? It used to be 39.6% marginal tax rate. And I believe it was over $400,000 a year of your income. Now they lower that to 37%. Now 2.6% doesn't sound like a ton, but when you make, let's say, $10 million, now 2% might be 2.7%, or sorry, 2.9% might sound a lot more, right? So, There's other ways that this tax reform (laughs) helped the corporations. And buying back your stock artificially inflates the price. And then the executives, they make that final call. And they're the ones that make money off of it because they are the ones that are getting bonuses from the stock price. If you look, that's how it works. They're given a certain salary, right? Okay. So let's say you get $10 million now. That's what we just went over, right? So 10 million. Now you're only taxed at 37%. Marginal over $400,000. I know that's a lot of just random mumbo jumbo. But that matters. But take that for what it is. So $10 million, that's your salary. Now, let's say you have, you're the owner of Connor Incorporation. Or a corporation, sorry. Um, and you own the corporation that has 100 shares of a stock outstanding if you get that price to seven dollars and fifty cents a share and it's at five dollars a share right now then you get a bonus in stock that means you can just do this you take that a hundred and now the price now the price might not work exactly one to one just cuz i'm doing this off the top of my head but you take that 100 right you buy back 20 shares of it that leaves 75 75 shares outstanding the inherent value of the corporation which what is what the stock price is supposed to represent when you combine all the stock All of the uh, shares of stock. It's supposed to be the value of a corporation, in theory. That value has not changed, and yet the supply is cut by 25%. So that price per share is going to go up. Even though they did nothing, they didn't sell more stuff, they didn't produce more things, they didn't hire more people, they didn't do anything other than They bought their stock back and they're holding it or they can retire it. 
it's simple. It's scary that they can do that. It's a basic supply and demand trick. And this is the way that certain people view economics. They view it through a supply side theory that the supply, the suppliers always are the ones that control everything and they should and that's how the economy works and that the job creators do everything and that's just not really accurate demand plays arguably <laughs> way more of that and demand is what drives consumerism especially in the united states you can see that right now Businesses are going out, not only because they're cl closed, but because people have less money. If they have less money, they can't spend it on more things. So demand goes down, then obviously prices will have to go down to get people to want to go. Take Domino's, for example, right? <laughs> uh, I ordered Domino's today because it was 50% off. So it takes like a certain level of price reduction for the demand to meet where the supply is and it's there's still going to be excess supply for that stuff for consumer goods but with a stock price they control the supply so if they can just buy it back it's just artificially inflating it because there's still demand it's it's there's there's no jump or drop in demand because they're just doing it there's nothing stopping them there's nothing encouraging them other than the fact that they want the bonus. Okay, so now we take that $5 a share. They bought back 25 shares. And just say, because I didn't do the math off my head, but just say it goes up to uh, $10 a share now or whatever it is. $7 is 50 cents, uh, $8. It, it meets the threshold in which the trigger for the bonuses happens. That means... The executives, not the workers, the executives that made the decision to buy back the stocks, get the bonus, and then they can do whatever they want with that stock option. So now let's say you're still the owner of Connor Corporation. You now sell off some of that, or say you move on from our... our uh, uh, our corporation here you go somewhere else you want to retire you sell off your your shares and what happens is all those shares that revenue that you get is treated as capital gains not ordinary income if you look at the tax code all all income any of any sources is considered ordinary income except with other there's a few other exceptions maybe but other than capital gains capital gains in particular stands separately well why does this matter the top marginal percent that i said earlier for your ordinary income is 37 percent. now you and i are not paying 37 percent, but these people the ceos in theory should be the top marginal percent for capital gains is 20%. That means for whatever bonus you get, whatever 
even if some some of them probably don't even take a salary, they just get stock bonuses and they can sell that stuff and they save 17% in theory on their tax liability, which again, we talked about 2.9% earlier. So say you have $10 million, 2.9%. Now let's take $10 million and you save 17% of that, that would have been taxed or 17% over $400,000 or whatever it is. That's insane. Completely immoral. And it's absolutely ridiculous. So why do I draw the airline industry into this? In the last decade, 95% plus of free cash flow for the airline companies in America was spent on buying back their own stock. And now they're coming back to people like you and me who are struggling now. You know, I don't have it that bad, but other people absolutely 100% do. I have a roof over my head. There's people that don't. And now this airline company, or all of them, are coming to you, me, the United States government, and saying, hey, guys, taxpayers, we need the bailout now. And they're giving us crumbs. Nothing for average people. Billions and billions of dollars were spent by the airline industry buying back their own stock, arbitrarily inflating their own price, and just nothing for their workers. Does that mean I know that they don't pay each one of them a working wage and benefits, whatever? No, I don't know that. But I can take a guess that the vast majority probably deserve more. If you can spend billions with a B on buying back your own stock, you can afford to pay your workers more, give them better benefits. I guarantee it. And now all those people are without work. They are without income. And our government refuses to actually pass something that will help working and middle class people. It's really, really annoying. And it's clear and it's blatant and they're doing it clear as day. We can see it with our own eyes. And Trump said that the American airline industry did not know better about stocks buybacks. Complete BS. He knew. I knew. I was sitting at Penn State when there's stuff in my corporate tax class, actually, which is funny enough. And I knew that's what they were going to do. Dozens, hundreds, thousands of people knew exactly what they were going to do. I heard it when it was passed. I heard it since. I hear it now. And now Trump says, oh, I don't know. I don't really support buybacks. Bullshit. Two years ago, they passed this. They knew 
what they were going to do. Executives lied. They knew what they were going to do. Some of them were even telling the truth and they said it. There's videos of them saying that they're going to buy back their stock. There's videos of it. And he's trying to act like we're too stupid or we don't know. We know. We see it. Complete BS. So, as this stuff is being debated back and forth, keep that in mind that when people ask for $1,000 a month, that's peanuts. That's nothing. That's a drop in the bucket in comparison to what this airline industry is going to ask for, other corporations are going to ask for. And you know what? We need to help those small businesses that took the risk and are now hurting because of this epidemic. But it's it's going to be hard when you have, you know, for honestly, lack of a better term, politicians that have been paid off, bought and sold by corporate greed. They are elected to do the bidding of those corporations not all maybe not maybe not even most but all it takes is a few and i would i would go out and say that it's more than just a few and if you're listening to this you probably understand that there's a lot of corruption around this stuff campaign finances and they just let them do it if it's not already clear that i like bernie here's another example of why we need someone like that and it might not be this time that's okay it sucks but that's okay the presumptive democratic nominee he's not even joe biden he's not even calling to make it illegal to have stock buybacks he's saying oh well we should take them at their word and say for the next year that you can't buy stuff you can't buy back your stock that is a lack of leadership and that is lacking a spine and that is going to be the reason why it's going to be hard for a lot of people to vote for him I will vote for him if he's the nominee, to be clear. But if you don't stand, I believe it was Malcolm X that said this, you stand for nothing, you fall for anything. And that is exactly the thing. If you don't stand up now, the middle class is going to continue to be trampled upon. The working class people, people in poverty, people that are homeless, people that are sick. When we ask for something, when we ask for paid time off, Medicare for all, uh, any sort of middle class or working class support, food stamps, public transportation, the first question is how do you pay for that? They they dumped a hundred or sorry, $1.5 trillion plus into the stock market the last week to stop it from crashing. It still crashed. 
They didn't ask how you're gonna pay for that. They didn't. They didn't ask. Oh well, what's the plan for this? No, they threw it into an abyss. So it's bullshit that they don't know that they can pay for this. They know that we can afford this stuff, and yet we're allowing them right before our eyes every single year. Like I said, 95% plus, and that's just one industry. That's billions of dollars from one industry. Now imagine if you took all the stocks that you could, that all those people that bought back their stock, the executives and uh, these corporations, and then they got rich, and then they had their golden parachutes. And I mean, I don't blame people when they're nihilistic and cynical now. Because it sucks. There's people that are hurting. And they're not being hurt. Our elected officials do nothing to help. Every once in a while they throw us a tiny little bone. And like I said, I don't have it that bad. But there's plenty of people that do. There's 27 million people that are un uninsured. There's another 50 million people that are underinsured. There's 1.7 trillion dollars in student loan debt outstanding. There's kids being separated from their families at the border. Kidnapped. It's not a joke, it's not a game. And they're just being, they're free to do whatever they please because they did the max donation to a campaign and they started a super PAC and they did this and they did that. It's done. And the first step out of this, because it's, it's clear as day, this is the first thing that needs to end when this is over. No more stock buybacks. They cannot artificially increase their stock price to then make millions of dollars off of it. While we are stuck and we're going to have skyrocketing unemployment. We're going to be stuck and they're going to get bailed out after they blew up our economy. No more. This is the start. There's plenty more to do. Let's say bring black bring bring back Glass Steagall. Sorry, that was a tough one to say. More regulation. And yes, that doesn't always mean it's good. But yes, this stuff has to be pushed. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau needs to be bolstered and juiced up. So I'll leave you with this. And I'll say that it's financially irresponsible and morally objectionable to continue to allow stock buybacks. We're enabling executives to inflate their stock price, but we should really be demanding that the workers are given wages and benefits that they deserve. And hopefully that would increase the stock price of that corp said corporation. 
There's millions of people out of this that are going to be left without jobs. Hundreds, if not thousands of small businesses that will be closed. And their doors might not open in a couple weeks. And that's a tragedy. We need to be focusing on them. Not the giant corporations that have spent billions on buying back their own stock. We needed to focus on the working class, the middle class, the people in poverty, the sick, the homeless. And no, when you come to me next time, you you cannot ask how we're going to pay for it. When you can throw $1.5 trillion into abyss and you let billions and billions and billions of dollars to be spent on stock buybacks so that these executives can make millions and millions, if not billions of dollars. Thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate it. Got a little worked up there. <laughs> if you enjoyed it, make sure to follow. You can uh, follow on Spotify. I think you can. You probably can listen now on the Apple Podcast app. Uh, if you enjoy it, you can follow me on Twitter at Con O'Hanlon. You can follow the show at the uh, the Con Con O Show on Facebook. Um, and share it with your friends, share this with your friends. If you're locked in quarantine still, you know, give it a listen, uh, tell your friends to listen. There's another episode. My first episode was about where the progressive movement goes beyond Bernie Sanders. Uh, be sure to listen to that if you haven't already. Thank you guys so much. Um, and if you have more topics that you want, because otherwise I'm just going to keep doing something like this where I just get worked up about something and then I feel like I have to get on, get on the mic. Uh, but if you have a specific topic that you'd like to see, be sure to comment or tweet at me or send me an email, whatever you feel like, and I will be sure to get on that. Uh, thank you guys so much, and I'll see you in the next one.